Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Accelerating your fandom, this is Flash TV Talk. Welcome to Flash TV Talk, the fan podcast dedicated to news, reviews, and more for the hit CW show, The Flash. I'm Bo. And I'm Bell. Bell, man, how are you doing tonight? I am doing fantastic. I just got back from Pack South in San Antonio and had some fun this weekend, and, and I'm enjoying uh, my, my day off work. That's good, man. I'm glad to hear it. Um, you know, so uh, PAX, obviously, this is an event you go to every single year. Um, so it was uh, <laughs> it was unfortunate that you went to PAX the exact same time that I was actually going into Texas. Um, in fact, I, you know, before we dive into this episode, I want to address two things. Uh, first of all, you know, an apology from us. Because Bell was at PAX, because I was out of town, we weren't able to record in the normal time frame that we do. One of the things that we do, we, we always joke about the professionalism of the show, but the reality is, is that we do try to take a professional approach to creating this podcast to make sure that you have good, well-informed content uh, on a regular, consistent basis whenever there is an episode of The Flash without fail. Uh, in the past, there's been some you know hiccups here and there, and unfortunately, this last past week was one of those hiccups. But for those of you who stuck with us and hopefully enjoyed a couple episodes of pa- past um of panel to screen uh, in, in, in its place. Uh, we're, we're sorry about that, but uh, we are back on track. That's the first, uh, first thing I want to address. The second thing is I posted this on Facebook and Twitter and I just want to kind of get this out of the way. Uh, I, I'm moving. I'm, I'm leaving my, my home city here in the coming weeks and we'll actually be heading to Texas. I'm, I'm living with Bell. <laughs> yeah he's moving in it's gonna be great we have a bachelor pad uh you know it's it's you know i, I gotta like clean up all my dirty magazines and pizza boxes so you know your family can have a nice place to stay but uh, <laughs> uh it's gonna be awesome man now I, I i one problem i'll be in houston and you're in all in austin so uh, yeah 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 but anyway yeah so we're we're <laughs> my family is in the process of uh of moving out to houston texas so any of y'all in the texas or houston area that have some great recommendations on uh, food or comics or, or just a great place to check out. 
uh, we'd love to hear from you. I'm really excited to uh, to make that move. But uh, anyway, just wanted to get that out of the way because it means things are going to be kind of crazy on my end over the next couple of weeks. But I'm looking forward to having the Flash and Flash TV talk as a great escape in the midst of all the chaos. One other thing too, I got to I got to mention this. Uh, over the hiatus, we made the decision. We talked to the other DC TV talking podcasts that are out there. And uh, we realized something aside from the fact that, you know, the website was down because it got hacked and all that kind of crazy stuff. We talked about that in the early season, I believe. Uh, we realized that that the TV talk uh, network, as it were, has grown beyond DC. We now have Tolkien TV talk. We've got Star Wars TV talk. There's other programs that are also talking TV that are, are all kind of a part of this uh, joint uh, support system, this network, this um, this collective, if you will. And so we made the decision to uh, upgrade or uh, digivolve or I don't know what the right phraseology is here, but basically DCTV Talk is now tvtalk.fm. We're really, really excited for this. The TV Talk Network is entering into a new stage and very excited for what this could mean in the future. So more information on that as we get deeper into the season. But uh, yeah, be sure to check out tvtalk.fm for all the latest and greatest in TV talking needs. All right, Bell. Let's do this. Let's jump into The Rundown. The Rundown. Episode 10 of Season 5, The Flash and the Furious. Directed by David McWerther and story by... Kelly Wheeler. (laughs) That's funny, right? And Sterling Gates. (laughs) Bell. What happened this episode? Well, Nora returns to 2049 where she refuses to work with Thawn upon learning that he killed her grandmother. Meanwhile, back in Central City, Cecile returns to work attending the trial of Joss Jackham. Barry and Nora encounter a new villain, Silver Ghost, who possesses Metatech, allowing her to access any car. An encounter with her and her Metatech leaves Barry phasing uncontrollably, so Nora and Team Flash help Barry into the pipeline where he can stabilize for 24 hours. Silver Ghost frees Joss from CCPD's custody so she can help her steal a Wayne Tech car in Argus's possession. Nora goes to stop them with help from Killer Frost, but Silver Ghost uses the car's tech to evade them. Cisco patches Nora's voice into the radio, urging Joss for a second chance to turn herself in. Then Joss uses her abilities to secretly ice the roads before escaping with Silver Ghost. And in other news, Caitlin helps heal Cisco's hands, and they agree to try to develop a Medicure, provided that those they help be given a choice to not have their powers removed. Finally, Nora returns to the future and reluctantly agrees to help Thawne, who has less than an hour left to live. Back in 2019, Sherlock Wells gained access to the time vault but discovers the files on nor west allen have been deleted dun, dun, dun. all right so if i'm being honest man this is a rough episode to come back from the hiatus on <laughs> me personally yeah yeah okay so it's a combination of things for one thing we're dealing with metatech which i know is your favorite aspect of the show right now absolutely love it yeah uh but but in all seriousness <sighs> you're you're are you are you, are you jumping on the uh no fan of meditech bandwagon so i don't mind meditech from now like every now and again all right here, here's the thing it, it it throws me off whenever we're on hiatus and and you know it's it's rough to play catch up like you play catch up and you pay attention to certain things but then you miss other things is nor or is is whether Witch's staff considered meditech or did she actually build it no, uh, if you remember, there was a piece of the satellite that uh, had uh, lodged itself in one of her. She, okay, so she did build the staff because she was a she was a, a storm chaser, right? Right. But the the piece of the satellite embedded itself in the weather vane that she built. 
if that makes okay. sense. So she didn't make a weather controlling weather vane. The piece of satellite hit the weather vane that she created to turn it into a weather controlling weather vane staff thing. Can I make so that any more confusing? <laughs> no, no, I think, I think you, you did a great job making it confusing enough. I, so, so here's my thing with this. I, I don't mind the meta tech as kind of a simple explanation for, you know, how things work. Well, it's meta tech. We don't have to explain it. That, that's to some extent, that's fine. But when everybody's got meta tech, then it just becomes like a, okay. I mean, like this is fine as seasoning from, from now on again, but if both of the rogues are both going to be meta tech rogues, and and on top of that, I don't think I got into this with the Weather Witch, but it's cooler if she created the technology on her own, especially given who her father is. Otherwise, it just seems very convenient that that, that, that happened before. But whatever, I gave it an excuse before. But there is something about like a Meditech key that just miraculously makes every car or device work i mean i could see something like this she finds a piece of the satellite shard and incorporates that into her staff that she was making i think that that could have been a cooler solution yeah Um, like yeah that's something like some sort of dark matter infused metal that empowers the thing that's perfectly fine but i mean it it feels like this was this was a uh, an opportunity to make it easier for her uh uh to feel remorseful and stuff as in like, you know, this, this, uh, this Meditech was kind of thrust upon her and she, you know, went power hungry and decided to kill her dad, but now she feels bad about it. But if she had created the staff, it'd be harder to push that narrative. I think maybe, I I don't know. I mean, to some extent it's, it's a character in a previous plot line. The main, the main purpose that she serves in this is to kind of walk us a little bit behind the scenes of what's going on with the young rogues. You know, this is something, a storyline that was teased early on this season that we'd actually see a new group of rogues that were being uh, led by a younger group of rogues. So we are seeing potentially even the children, not just of Weather Wizard, but but maybe others in the future. So I, I am kind of excited by that concept. Um, you know, I, but I do, all right, so here, here's my thing. And I, I, not to be negative, like off the top bat, but here's my thing <laughs> with the meta tech. Like, I feel like we're heading in a path that if they had never introduced Captain Cold at this point, then it then they would have, like, introduced him with a Meditech gun that, that you know, just magically makes ice because it got hit by a satellite. As opposed to day. Cisco Tech? As opposed to Cisco Tech. Cisco Tech's fine. I, like, I like Cisco Tech. And on top of that, I like the idea that the, the rogues are making their own tech as well. Like, again, Weather Witch would be a lot cooler if she, like, created the Weather Wand or the Weather Staff, as it were. Um, you know, yeah, that's, I, that, that may just be me. Well, are I mean, you, are you okay with the Meditech now? No, no, I, I, I'm still not. Um, it's, it just, it just bothers me in, in a way where you can just like hand wave away anything. Right. And, um, yeah. I, I thought Meditech is, is weird. I didn't think it would be this, you know, um, MacGuffin we're going to use all season long. I, I I kind of thought what we'd see is we'd be like, oh, weird. This cell phone got infected with, the you know, this thing. And I'm like, OK, you know, rubbing my temples as I'm watching that kind of thing. But then later we'd see kind of like with Cicada, he got hit with it and it and it turned him into a meta. Right. Like I was thinking there would there would be a more of like, OK, somebody got a piece of a shard of it in their in their body. Like like how kind of they're going with Cisco, you know, and like, you know, he got it in his, in his body and it was taking his powers away. Well, maybe if you didn't have powers, it would slowly give you powers. It would activate your metagene or whatever. 
Um, See that I could dig that, like the idea of it activating a metagene. And again, I I was okay with it a little bit more early on, but I'm concerned that we're going to dive too deep into it with establishing some of these new rogues. Like it's okay for the rogues to have their own individual origin stories that are separate from a big bang. Uh, It worked for the first season just because that was kind of the big bang that created, you know, the, 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 the concept of meta in general entering into the world that had been previously established in arrow. But I think at this stage of the game, it's okay. Like, like they can have their own backstories, their own driving factors. You know, the problem that I ran into here with silver ghost is that I, I never really, I never really understood her. Like I didn't understand what motivated her. And theoretically, we'll see more of her in the future here because she is establishing the Young Rogues. But I, I don't... She seemed very gimmicky, especially with the fa- the Flash and the Furious as the name. Is it, It's kind of like, oh, you know, here it is. She's stealing the fast cars and, and you know, uh, and she's got this key that'll open up any car. And, and that's all I know about her because, you know, yes, she was military. Uh, yes, she was dishonorably discharged. But she somehow went from that to, you know, you got a fast car. I got a key that'll turn anything on. Maybe we can make a deal. Maybe you can get some weather technology. Then we'll bust out your dad. Or maybe we'll go kill him. I don't know what's going on. It's kind of confusing. But that's where the young rogues are right now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there, there's something to her story, right? And and I, I they laid those, uh, those, those little inklings down when they were talking about her backstory, how... Uh, she was dishonorably discharged, but like her service record was clean. So they think the DOD had egg on their face. And so they kind of like, you know, used her as a scapegoat. Um, that's kind of cool, but maybe have her sort of explain her side so we can get her motivations a bit before she's just like, we're going to go steal Batman's car, you know? (laughs) (laughs) And I know it's not Batman's car, but like, that's when they said Wayne tech. And like, I was, I was so hoping, so hoping that when she pulled the sheet off, it'd be like Adam West's (laughs) like 1969 Batmobile. (laughs) No, they couldn't, they couldn't do that. Not until I know, I know, but, uh, you know, yeah, it's, um, yeah, her motivation. You know, I hadn't thought about the Batmobile in Crisis. That would actually be a cool way to drive, you know, to connect to that show. Since, of course, obviously Adam West is no longer with us. Yeah, I, that that would be that'd be that'd be kind of cool. Yeah, but yeah, I think you're right. There, her motivations don't seem clear. She wants to steal this car to start the rogues, but we don't know why. And and maybe they'll reveal that later. But I figured they would at least give some sort of hint as to what her motivation is, as to why she wants to start this, uh, like revenge or you know whatever. But it's just. All we know is that she appears to be appears to have been framed by the DOD uh, for some screw up that they did. And she suffered the consequences for it. And we don't know what her plan is, which is fine. But we really don't know what her motivation is either uh, because there's not enough information there to go off of, which is which is kind of weird. I will say this. I do like the, the idea of the young rogues being a foil for excess and to kind of see, you know, as Nora is kind of establishing you know, herself as a hero in the present, she's also kind of establishing these young rogues. I mean, who knows, maybe even the establishment of this group may play into what else she might be working on for other folks. And we'll talk about that here in a minute. Um, let me, let me get the other thing. <laughs> the other thing that I didn't like, I didn't like this episode. I'll just go ahead and just put it all out there. I, I did not like this episode. I didn't, I, 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 I see the potential in a young rogue storyline, um, and so I don't want to like write it off just initially because I didn't quite enjoy this episode. The, the, epi- the, the storyline that I do not see potential in, and I, I, I see kind of red flags hanging in, like flying early in the second half of the season is we're going to go with the cure storyline from X-Men. 
Well, yeah. And the weirdest thing about that is, is since this is the Metatech season, just take their, their, their meta enabling gadgets away from them and they're cured. Well, and, and even beyond that, like why? All right. I can believe it's a weak argument. It seems like a very weak argument what Cisco is making here. Like I, I never like whenever Cisco is written dumb because he's a smart guy, and so like it when when his logic doesn't exist, it's it's frustrating. Um, and his whole mindset. I loved. By the way, I loved on on the flip side. I loved Caitlin and Killer Frost in this episode. They 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 saved this storyline to some extent, especially Killer Frost. But like Cisco was acting like, oh, you know, I I can't. I, I need my powers to be taken away so that I don't have to be a superhero anymore. Was well, that true? Can't he just be a normal person who also happens to have portal powers? He doesn't have to be a superhero if he doesn't want to be. I think, right? well, I mean, I, th- I think, I think his argument there is the whole great power, great responsibility sort of thing where if he has these powers and he chooses not to use them, uh, then he's okay, complicit. Yeah. And so I, I, I see where he's coming from. And I liked his. I liked the line where he's, you know, where uh, you know, Killer Frost is like, you don't have to choose between having powers and having a family. Uh, clearly referencing Barry, right, and his family. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, Cisco responds, "I'm not Barry." And and so you know, to uh, to Cisco, that's not. He would rather have a family and not have powers than uh, try to balance that because you know that's just not who he is, I guess. And so I, I like that. I I see where he's coming from, and you know, they're they're trying to draw a difference between you know um barry and cisco there and and you know their their ideas of of powers and and responsibility for those powers and so essentially cisco it just seems like it, it's irresponsible for him to have those powers and not use them to help people um okay all right that's that's actually a really good argument you're you're you, you're successfully starting to change my perspective on that that aspect of things but i don't like the idea that he immediately says you know not only not only can I cure myself, we can cure everyone. Like he almost had like a super villain esque vibe, uh, no pun intended, going on there. I, I and I feel that was more of a uh, masking his own intention because like he's trying to say, oh no, Caitlin, it's cool, we're going to help people, but in actuality, he wants it for himself. I, th- I think is what it is. I I, I do like the um, the argument that Killer Frost makes, where you know some people don't want them removed, and so they come to the compromise of it will always be a choice. And I really liked the line that he said uh, that Cisco said talking about um, um, Fallout, where you know what yes, if my power because there, there's a really great X Men uh, story arc where it's like a one one shot comic thing where there's a kid and you know he wakes up and like his parents are gone he doesn't know where they are and he's walking to school and the streets are empty and then like somebody comes out of a building and see he he sees that person basically disintegrate into dust and so he runs away into the hills and uh you know he's like living alone because he can't be near people because they die and so who do they send to go talk to the kid but wolverine and uh wolverine's like sorry kid you know you're i gotta kill you (laughs) and i'm the only one that can do it and you know the kid's kind of like yeah and and so there are situations where this kind of thing is a a good thing and you know like uh or maybe your mutation is that you have like 18 limbs and you can't function in society anymore you know so i don't think a a uh a powers cure or a a metagene cure is is bad in of itself um but i do i do see what you're saying with the x-men bit like somebody's going to try to take this cure and try to forcibly apply it i think that's where our heroes are going to step in and say no um sure. but uh 
But okay, so that the X Men bit, like this is a story we've seen before, and not a DC story. This this is a Marvel story. This is the literally this is the the storyline of the the worst X Men movie. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like, there's so many good DC stories they can tell. Why are they going to Marvel for this? Like, why are they giving us a story that we can pretty much see how it's going to play out? Yeah. No. And, and if if let me put it this way, if you're going to give us a story that we can pretty much see how it's going to play out, then I want it to be a DC story that I want to see play out, not one that's a trite you know remake of a Marvel thing. Yeah. Well, has DC ever done any similar kind of like uh, metagene cure powers or anything? Metahuman cure? There, there have been similar storylines, but not good similar storylines. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's nothing original under the sun anymore, right? And so, you know, like. Uh, but that's what. That's not my. That's kind of my point, though. I mean, like, we. I'm not saying come up with a completely original storyline here. I'm saying that there are DC centric stories that they could tell yeah there are things within the lore that exist within this universe that they could explore like you know we in in i want to say season one it might have been season two with uh roy g bivolo like they kind of started scratching the surface on the idea of kind of the the color spectrum yeah right and the emotional spectrum as it as it applies to to light you know we could have some sort of experimental like like figuring that out you know, there could be stories that dive into that lore without having to go full Green Lantern. You've got aspects of the Speed Force that they could dive into. Yes, you know, oh no, it's Speed Force again. This is this is a Flash show. There's, they should be going into the Speed Force. Time travel should be relevant. Like this should be a a show that is not afraid to spend some time in the universe in which it inhabits. And I don't know, man. I just I I it did not make me excited. I love coming to an episode and a storyline and getting excited for where things are going. And a lot about this episode as kind of setting the tone for the second half of the season did not get me excited, which is a real letdown to me because everything up until the break has been so good. Like I've been telling everybody over the break, just that flash has been killing it. Season five is the best they've ever had thus far. You know, I mean, it, it may, you know, if, if they're able to, uh, you know, depending on where the second half goes, they may this may even be the best season overall for the entire series thus far. And so maybe I, I started establishing kind of too high hopes because of the solid run that we've had going into uh, the hiatus. But I don't know, man. I I don't know. Wasn't was not feeling uh was not feeling the the young rogues as they were thus far. Definitely wasn't feeling the overuse of Metatech. Uh, was not feeling the Argus Car uh, <laughs> thing. <laughs> Uh, and and was not feeling the the cure storyline, and I have a feeling that the cure the cure storyline in particular is going to be a major B plot line. Well, um, it's just I mean, so all the we've established all the metas this season are meta tech, right? So who who are you trying to cure? Like the only other people that you have left to cure are Nora, Barry, uh, Cisco, and Caitlin, uh, and Ralph. Oh yeah, Ralph. He wasn't in this episode. No, he was visiting his sister or something like that. I don't know. Yeah, right. uh, but but yeah, like I, you know, it, this, this. I think if you're going to introduce a cure storyline, you do it at a time when everyone like when you have characters like Fallout, when you have people who uh, exactly. who were yes. who were given these powers without a choice, Weatherwitch decided to use a staff that that had power. She made those decisions. That wasn't thrust upon her. She took the staff up after she noticed what it could do. And she tried to go kill her dad. Like, right. 
sorry, well, but but, the, but that's but that's right, right? Like there is a clear and defined, obvious need for this type of this type of technology. The idea of creating a cure should be, and I, I hate using the word cure. See, this is part of the problem is that just it evokes the Marvel storyline. Yeah, but regardless, th- this functionality is useful. There's no debate here. Like the ability to do this is something that they would want to have the ability to do in the future. I do think it's kind of interesting. Rather, I would have thought, based on the characters that we have, that a more natural way to dive into this kind of thing, if you need this kind of functionality for where the story's going, to have it more about Cisco creating this technology and not putting him in such a negative light or like this kind of you know, crazed Cisco or dark Cisco or sad Cisco, whatever you want to call him and do it more from the practicality of, Oh yeah, this is great. We can do this. This is, we've, there's so many reasons why we have done this and lean more on killer frost, not wanting that, but putting her more in a villainous role. Cause the way it was structured, the way it came across was that killer frost was kind of the good guy in this scenario, right? Like she was, she had more of the morally right argument, but you could easily tell it the other way around where it's clear that she would be afraid that if this was ever used, that she would be wiped out. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I, yeah, it's, it's, that's the thing is like, there, there's, there's, there's moral arguments to be made by both sides. It's just sure. that the, 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 really the fact of the matter is, is when something like that exists, it is inherently going to be used by immoral people i think it's like that's that's the thing so like yes it's for for the for the situations that cisco mentioned where you know you have uh fallout or you know other other types of situations yes Mm -hmm. a a cure is is the is the moral thing to do in that situation but the fact that a cure exists will always lead to people saying no one should have meta powers whether you want them or not whether they're helpful or not and so the the just the act of, of, of cure actually existing means that it can be used against people who do not want it used against them. So like, you know, I, th- I think killer frost is right in that regard. It's better to not have it than it is to help other people. But I think Cisco is also right in that there are people who uh, cannot function in society who uh, harm people around them and they don't deserve to have that on them. So, but yeah, it, it's, it, there, there's an interesting back and forth there, I think. And, and so it'll be neat to see how it's going to play out but just to me the, the oddest thing about it is that they're doing this in a season where all these powers could go away just by dropping your meditech item yeah yeah all right well i'll tell you what man that's that's enough of the meditech and and the cure talk for now let's let's dive more into the the, what about, uh, the rest of the story and the other characters what about robert smith and the cure can we talk about him mm-hmm. <laughs> robert smith from the band the cure come on oh uh, oh jeez jeez sorry Jeez. Um, Cecile is back, uh, back at it. Uh, no longer on maternity leave, and um, she her first case is of course putting away the weather witch. She, in the midst of the case, is gets the the sense or the feeling. Um, she gets vibes. Uh, I don't. <laughs> what do we want to call it when she gets? Um, she starts feeling something in the force. She that, gets neuros. Uh, ah, I like that. She starts getting the neuros that uh, that weather witch is in fact um, remorseful and. Which I guess means that she shouldn't be held accountable for her action. <laughs> uh, yeah, that that really threw me off. I, 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 I literally said out loud when I was watching, like, this is kangaroo court. <laughs> I was like, this is insane. I was like, this is kangaroo court. It's like, what is going on? It's like the prosecutor turns around and acts as the defense. And and it, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was that was. I was like, I was like, yeah, I, I'm I'm kind of with uh, you know and. <laughs> 
with with Nora here. She she makes a lot of really good points. I, I don't know why you're defending uh defending the villain that you're trying to prosecute. And the other thing too is it reminded me. I don't know if you ever saw this. How it should have ended from Spider Man Three. Uh, I don't think so. They capture the Sandman and he's like, no, but I've got a daughter and she's really sick and that makes it okay for me to break the law. (laughs) (laughs) It's really funny. But, but the reality is like, no, like she could have like straight up killed some people. Right. There's no, there's no reason. There's literally no reason why they're, they're like, oh, well, you know, but she, she, she feels bad about it. So well, it's okay. I mean, the fact that it's she remorseful. Not have to serve her time. Yeah, like the fact that she's remorseful. Like part of that should be, I, I, I deserve the the punishment that's about to be brought on me, right? Exactly. It, yes. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Exactly. She, she, she should be. If she realizes what she's done is wrong, she should be like, no, stop trying to get. Like, I don't. I don't want to reduce sentence. I want what was going to, you know, come at me. And because I did these things, and I, what I did was wrong, and I feel remorseful for them. So, like, I don't know what Cecile's trying to do. It's like, ah, oh, you know, it's okay. You could have killed you know, 15 people, but you didn't, you just caused, you know, millions of dollars worth of damage. Um, and you know, acts of terrorism basically, but it's fine because you feel bad about it. So let's just let you out on the street. Yeah. I'm just, I'm <laughs> not a fan, not a fan of that. Uh, not, not a fan of that, that argument, but I get, I get ultimately what's trying to be accomplished here. Right. Like in the end, the question of whether or not villains can be reformed is what they're trying to drive at. That is the narrative. That is the understanding that Nora uh, needs to get out of this episode. And it puts things in an interesting perspective, you know, because of the way that Barry was impacted and kind of taken uh, out of, out of the, uh, out of the ball game, as it were, this is very much a Nora driven story and a very uh, much about her arc and her path to understanding something that Barry came to an understanding of and also a questionable way when he let captain cold go we were still kind of like come on barry like seriously yeah yeah (laughs) so she's she's definitely like this idea of you know letting the villains go because i guess you know they feel bad or i guess you know we're just not into it today you know who knows it that is a little par for the course we have seen this before and i love that they actually referenced captain cold as kind of a a prerequisite or a, a pre-existing situation in which Barry made a similar call. However, little does Barry know that all of this has to do because Nora is not trying to figure out things for Weather Witch. She's trying to process what her current relationship is with Eobard. And that's going to bring us to this week's Speedster Speculation. Belle, Eobard Thon, My favorite character. Uh, Clearly. He is... <laughs> <laughs> So we learn we learn some things um, in this episode. We we do get to see uh, Nora confront Eobard. We do find out, of course, that she did not know about what he had done to her grandmother. We come to learn that she is, in fact, doing things for him. It's not just that he sent her back for him to, or for her to go and and you know run with the Flash, as it were. But also, there is a pr- quick pro quo somewhere in here. Yeah. She is being informed different missions or, or given different uh, uh, tasks to complete and has been up until this point anyway, doing those things. So there's, there's a couple of things to piece together here. Like, I guess, first of all, you know, the, the, the we'll get to the clock last. We'll, we'll save the clock for last. Okay. But what do you think's going on? What, what do you think that Eobard is trying to get her to do? Well, you know, we, we've previously speculated how uh, there, there are events that need to happen in the timeline to make it so that Eobard is, exists right 
and right. I, and I feel like uh, the, these these things that he's doing, these like machinations and whatnot that he's planning, uh, have a lot to do to that. He's he is very self serving, and I think you know it, he's just a ruse saying that oh yeah I can change and blah 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 uh, because he has to have these things happen in order for him to exist. And I I I think and we'll we'll get into that later, but I think that's really what what he's aiming for is he's he's manipulating Nora to try and make sure that she does certain things that cause enough of a ripple in the timeline so that he so that the timeline stays secure nothing's you know destroyed but he is also his existence is secured i'll say that and so i feel like that's kind of what's going on is he's saying okay well you go back and you do this one little thing here and you do this one little thing here and you do this one little thing here and all those little tiny ripples will add up to him not being removed from existence or being imprisoned or something like that that's but i i feel like you know what he is giving her the ability to go back in time and be with her dad and run with him and stuff is all she wanted. And she just, you know, signed a deal with the devil kind of thing. Mm. And now she's starting to realize, well, maybe that's a bad thing, but this, this whole second chance thing, I don't know. I'm wondering if that's still him manipulating her. So that's the question, right? Like, you know, I I always just assume things and then I end up being way wrong. (laughs) Uh, Case in point, I'll go ahead and say it now. Sherlock is not Eobard Thawne. I was way wrong on that. You don't think so? I yeah, I never thought. I never thought at all ever. He would he, Sherlock would not need help if if he was Eobard. He would not need help turning on Gideon. Yeah, he also wouldn't need help deciphering the Speed Force language. Uh, I don't know about that. I could actually, I I could justify the idea that this is a language that he himself hasn't come up with yet. And so he's trying to decipher something that either he in the future will come up with or something of that nature. Like I, I could get behind that as a concept. Um, cause my, my theory was that Sherlock was a previous, like the Eobard that Nora is dealing with is Sherlock Abard, Sherlock Abard, Sherlock is him in the future. Um, but that is, you know, that's not the case. I, I, if I, I just, mm, it's not the case because Sherlock, nobody was looking, he wasn't trying to like keep up appearances. If he was in the future room by himself, he would have just gone on and turned on Gideon, not fiddled with it to try to figure out how to, how to actually turn it on. And looked at the camera in a very menacing way, right as the uh, screen fades to black. Yeah, after he did that, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah that, which is what he did not do. So yeah, I, 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 um, I, I no longer hold to that theory. My assumption with this man is, of course, of course, he's playing her. It's, he's a Yabard Thon. He's not remorseful. Yeah. Even even after spending, you know, like Barry's entire childhood, and you know, watching him, watching him grow up. And then, like training him and becoming this father figure for him, he still hates him. He still wants to kill him. There's, if he doesn't feel remorseful at that point, or if he doesn't feel anything at that point, he's just it. It, it ain't gonna happen, man. Well, Eobard is irredeemable. Yeah, Eobard should be irredeemable. Yeah, and I, I think it's neat that, like, you know, see that that's what I'm trying to figure out is like when he was poking and prodding her, if if he knew that she would ask Barry about redemption and second chances and things like that and because obviously he knew what barry would say is barry be like yeah i think everybody deserves a second chance and so you know he guides her down that path to talk to her father and see what he thinks about second chances and like, well if barry will forgive eobard then surely i should and yeah i I feel like eobard knew all of that was going to happen and so again he's still manipulating her and yeah there's no remorse in that man whatsoever yeah man i i i I just don't i don't see that being the case i i could see well i suppose it's possible they could could take things in that route but if that is all right all right so here's out for argument's sake if we do see future eobard or you know if we do see eobard go on a redemptive narrative 
I think that what will end up happening is this version of him, this redeemed version, would end up being sacrificed so that he could be recreated into a version that was not remorseful. You know what I mean? Like that would be the the version of him that gets eaten by time wraiths or something so that the unremorseful exactly. version can continue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I could, I could see something like that. But I just don't see it. Here's what I really think is going to happen. I think you're right. I think that Nora is going and, and doing things for Eobard throughout time because she can move fairly fluidly throughout time. I think she's going and doing a couple of things to solidify his existence and that when it's all said and done... Nora will have inadvertently, because of securing, because of essentially creating or recreating Eobard, she will have created a scenario in which she's responsible for the death of her own grandmother. That would be interesting. I think I think it's going to be something of that. <laughs> I, when I'm when I'm watching that scene, when uh, you know, she says you killed you killed my grandmother. I wanted I I just in my head it just popped up. He goes, "No, you killed your grandmother." Like the. <laughs> <laughs> You know, a perfect Darth Vader moment. I could I could kind of see that. That would be really interesting, I think. Well, okay. So what if... Let's talk about the clock. Yeah. What, what do you think we're counting down to? I, I think this is a... Uh, I, the fact that it's in prison and like it's not inside his cell. It's not something that he made. Uh, kind, mm-hmm. of, kind of skews what I'm thinking a little bit here. Um, but like I was thinking that maybe that's the amount of time that he has... He's figured out a way to figure out, you know, when he's going to be removed from existence or something like that. And so he's, he's got a countdown. He knows how much time he has left. Another thing I have is maybe like that's a time to his execution, uh, which would be a very sick and sadistic thing to do to a prisoner. Uh, <laughs> so uh, I don't know if the prison system in 2049 has gotten that bad that you're constantly reminding how, you know, how much life prisoners have left. We didn't see where the clock was, did we? Was it inside his cell or was it outside? It was inside. Well, one way or the other, it was visible to him in, in the cell. Okay. So if it's inside the cell, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with maybe that's a, a clock that he created in order to track something. And what, that, what I think that something is, is how much time before he disappears from existence. He was acting really weird early on in the episode. And I was trying to figure out what it was. And I think, I think after now seeing that clock, because I think you're right, I think it is counting down to his demise. I bet what he is doing is he's probably stretching every second that he can, or maybe th- even trying to. He might not have access to his powers. I, I I was thinking a similar kind of thing, like maybe they're preventing him from getting out of the room, but maybe he has access to like flash time. But I'm trying to like reverse flash time, <laughs> and so yeah, he's got an hour, but he's been you know centuries of time uh, in in reverse flash time, maybe trying to figure stuff out and uh, but i don't know because i i'm pretty sure he has he doesn't have access to his powers because of the the little dampening vest on him or whatnot that's a good point i do like the idea of eobard i mean it was explored in um uh, suicide squad animated film but the idea of eobard stretching out the last moments of him de- of his death oh yeah yeah it's it's fantastic because they they take the eobard from flashpoint you know that was killed by by Batman by Thomas Wayne. Yeah. The idea is that in that moment, as after the bullet passed through his bread, but uh, through his head, uh, he stopped. You know, he pulled in all the speed force into his body that he could, stopped himself, and kind of removed himself from that moment in time. So he's still he's actively always dying with this hole in his head. Jeez. <laughs> uh, I know it's re- it's super dark. It's super dark, but it's a fantastic concept. Yeah. And so I'd, I'd be interesting to see something like this at play. Holy crap. Especially that might be what's messing with his head. Yeah. What if like that could be an explanation for, you know, at the end of season one when he disappears? Well, maybe a similar kind of thing. So Like it could be. It, it definitely could be because we did see him phase from from the Harrison Wells body into the Eblonde body into his kind of original body. Yeah. 
So I could definitely see it like before he phases back to to that version. You know, like this is a, a him in that that last moment. What if what if that clock? Um, yeah, that would make sense, right? So you know, you can only hold flash time for so much time before you give out, right? What if sure. he's in flash time and like that clock is the amount of time it takes him to disintegrate in flash time? Interesting. Well, okay. So, but here's the other thing: we've seen him already, right? Like this is the Earth X Eobar. Yeah, that's true. That, that that's true. So whatever whatever is impacting him now, at least to a large extent, was not impacting him then. I, I hmm. so all right. So I'm, I'm maintaining the theory that, that we're dealing with perhaps a time remnant who jumped Earth and came back, and maybe jumped Earth to Earth X and then came back or something like that. But now that he's back as part of the Prime timeline, that now he's on that borrowed time, the same that uh, Savitar Barry was after the timeline changed. He had like a, a couple more moments, he had a couple more minutes before the timeline would catch up with him and eradicate him. So maybe that's counting down the same thing, that we're, we're now dealing with, now that he's back in the regular timeline, that we're dealing with a scenario where if if the timeline is not tweaked enough to restore his genetic line lineage, then he'll be eradicated at that point in time. Yeah, that, that's kind of what I'm what I'm leaning towards as well. That countdown is the time at which he will be destroyed by some means. Either time wraiths time wraiths are going to catch up to him, or he's just going to disappear again because he hasn't solidified his future. Yeah, he's just got an hour left to live, which okay. is weird because we have thirteen more episodes. <laughs> <laughs> It's time travel, man. It's time travel. Yeah. So she goes back and only a minute's passed and that sort of thing. Like, he, <laughs> you know, from her perspective, she sees him every couple of days or every week or so. But for him, he's like, bye, Nora. Hi, Nora. Yeah. Bye, Nora. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. So she's going to go back to the when all when the season's over and she goes back to uh, to her future. She's going to be like 87 years old, having spent so much time in 2019. <laughs> Who knows, man? Who knows? It'll be interesting to see what what ends up happening. Yeah. All right. Well, there you go. This speeds to speculation for you. We want to know what you th- your thoughts are. Do you think that Eobard is actually on a redemption path? Could it be possible that that clock is counting down to his demise? And what kind of demise is that? Uh, let us know. We'd love to hear your thoughts on that. Hey, guys. This is Chad Rogan. And you are listening to Flash TV Talk. Your thoughts? Your comments? Listener feedback. Speaking of thoughts, man, we got some great listener feedback in. Uh, some good tweets coming in during the episode, uh, letting us know what people thought. Uh, Brandon the Mandan says, "Am I the only one who, after the hiatus, has to watch the previous episode real quick before the new one? Uh, the previously on the Flash doesn't quite do it for me. Yeah, it's it's a long hiatus. You know, it was only a couple of weeks, but given the fact that we had the crossover in between, it felt a lot longer for that reason. Yeah. David Honeycutt says, uh, do you guys think that Sherlock Wells is Thawne on The Flash? Um, I did, but no longer. Nah. And Bell, did you ever did you ever think that? Uh, I don't know. It, 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 I was starting to come over to your madness, uh, you know, every now and again, but like it just seemed really like so far fetched. There were a lot of questions that I would have had or that I did have that didn't make sense to me if he was an Eobard. Um, that you know, you could just say, "Oh, well, he was from the far future, so he wouldn't know the things that twenty forty nine in prison Eobard would know." And I don't know; it, it it just it seemed it seemed kind of odd. And I think it'd be one of those things where it might feel cheapened just because we've already had, you know, HG Eobard, and that was great. And so I, I wouldn't want mm. them to cheapen that. So um, yeah, I don't know. I, every now and again, I was like, "Huh, that's an interesting point you make." But then a lot of times, I was like, ah, "I don't know. What about this?" You know, so. Uh, I wasn't 100%. I don't think so. Interesting. 
All right. All right. Um, yeah. So we got some iTunes reviews in this week. Our latest one here is from Mr. Smith. And they write, I started the journey literally a week ago today and I've listened to every episode starting from number one. Bo and Bell. Sorry for the spelling, guys. It was spelled B-O-N-B-E-L-L. Uh, <laughs> uh, make listening to TV podcasts enjoyable. Each week, these guys go over the episode of that week's Flash uh, episode as well as make hilarious commentary and comic book comparisons while still maintaining respect for the show and characters uh granddaddy thon uh sure <laughs> labard lol uh if you're looking for a podcast that uses puns creates laughs and enjoy and is enjoyable to sit and listen to run over and hit the subscribe button awesome well thank you mr smith we we we, we love that you love our uh, our puns uh me especially <laughs> And you like our humor uh, and, and and no worries about the spelling. It happens to me all the time. Uh, but we really do appreciate your th- your feedback. Thank you very much. Yeah. And I'm sorry if this episode doesn't, this is not up to par. We'll be much better next week. <laughs> <laughs> we got to get back in the swing of things. You know, these hiatuses. Uh. They, they, they throw us off. They do. They throw us off. But next week, don't worry. We will be back. In fact, next week being tomorrow as we record this podcast on a Monday. Uh, tomorrow will actually be the new episode of The Flash. And uh, we should be able to record live on Wednesday as we are wont to do. I love doing it live and you can do that. Uh, you can join us by tuning in at facebook.com slash flash TV talk. You can also t- keep up with the tweets by following us at flash TV talk on Twitter. But if 280 characters isn't enough to express your love for our show, feel free to email us at flash at podesterry.com. That's P O D A S T E R Y.com. And for the latest news and all that other great stuff. Uh, well, I've already said it, <laughs> facebook.com slash flash TV talk. Worst recording ever, Bell. <laughs> Worst recording ever. Professionalism completely out the window, despite even starting the episode talking about how we care about professionalism. And we do. Oh, but I- you know what? We also care about Charlie Bach because he provides some of the awesome music for our show. Uh, you can check out the rest of his stuff at soundcloud.com slash charlie bach that's right we also are part of the podcast collective known as tv talk head over to tvtalk.fm for the latest and greatest in tv talking podcast uh, more on that as the season continues but until next time we'll be back in a flash <laughs> we'll be back in a flash <laughs>
being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a Swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.